everyone, and welcome to Ending the Drought, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. This is episode one, our first official episode. Last week was kind of a um, a teaser, an introduction, get to know everybody and talk about the schedule a little bit. Now we're kind of moving into uh, you know more of the general format we're going to have. Um, might be some intro music this episode, maybe not. Depends on if we can figure that out before we <laughs> post it. Um, but for now, I will turn you over to our hosts, Jeff and Jake, and uh, take it away, guys. Hey, how you we're- doing? What's up, Jeff? I'm in. Welcome how about to you? the second episode, huh? Yeah, this is pretty exciting, right? Having a blast, man. Loving it. This is great, man. I uh, I couldn't be more happy to you know be with you guys here and yeah. uh, do some Bills talk, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for sure. Where do you want to start, man? We got to roll oh, this thing. Let's get into... Uh, Starting off with Sean McDermott and his uh, his contract extension, huh? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Real happy. Real happy. Six yeah, years, right? Yeah. and uh, pretty that, insane. I mean, you can look back the last easily 20 years and go, yeah, anybody had come along with this kind of a effort record. He's out there with the guys every day. They love him. You know, they're willing to go to war for the guy. So kind of takes a precedence over talent really and not that they're not talented but yeah a guy like that that kind of leadership yeah you you definitely pay him yeah some of the things you and i have been talking about before we even got to this podcast was his record in three, oh, yeah. three seasons with the bills 25 23 two playoff appearances i yeah. mean if he wins 12 games he'll be third all time uh as a buffalo head coach so yeah that says a lot man yeah that's a long history that's 60 years to all of a sudden after, well, this will be his, what, fourth year, right? Yeah. So after four years, be in that position amongst all the coaches that coach the Bills, come on, that's that's a no-brainer. You, you pay that guy. Yeah, I mean, whatever it takes. And who? what were you looking at earlier uh, today when we were talking? Who was uh, who was questioning the uh, contract? Oh, yeah. No, I, I've heard different things on local radio. Yeah. I saw some different articles about what what has he really done to warrant that, that type of a commitment. And uh, beyond the fact, just like I've said before, when it comes to uh, judging Josh Allen, you know, you can, you can take all the analytics you want. You can turn them upside down, whatever. Uh, they're important, but they're not everything. And uh, Sean McDermott just passes that eye test, man. I mean. Yeah, you know, the guy's a beast. He takes care of himself. He works out. You know what I mean? He's he's out there with the guys every day. He's challenging them physically, not only, you know, mentally, but uh, practice, stuff like that. But he's challenging them on a one-to-one level. He treats people with respect. He expects them to do the same and to earn a position there. But, yeah, the guy, in my opinion, has warranted every penny. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. And for me, you know, a couple of things that warrant why... I think uh, that contract was an awesome move. I mean, the guy came in here, uh, 2018, our defense ranked number two. Boom. <laughs> right you know, right after, you know uh, I mean, we had a really good defense when we had Rex Ryan, and it kind of fell off. Big time. McDermott yeah. comes in 2018, number two ranked defense. Last year, ranked number three in the league. I mean, the guy changed the culture. Uh, it's evident of what he's done. Right. And, and it's it's a great move, and I think that he deserved every penny he got and all well, the years and he got. People got to remember, too, that they unloaded a whole bunch of nasty contracts. You know, Mel, or, uh, Marcel Darius, 
yeah, he was a great player, but he had issues, man. I don't think he was an active participant, so to speak. I don't think he bought in. You know what I mean? And I think that's what these guys ask everybody who comes on board. You're going to buy in and, and you're going to be a part of the the group pulling in one direction. Because if you're pulling the opposite direction, there's lots of teams out there looking for help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I mean, it's a no it's a no BS kind of a policy and I love it. Yeah. It's what this team needs. You know, a good kick in the ass is exactly what they've needed for 20 years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what, what happened with, remember when he made Marcel Darius like sit <laughs> or kicked him off the bus or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. Whatever happened there. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that I was... know there was that uh, whole synthetic marijuana thing with Marcel Darius. Yeah. I really, I just think, again, not a good fit for the new culture, for the new system. Right. And, uh, you know, you could say the same as Sammy Watkins, but, you know, they were strapped with, what, 40-some million dollars in dead cap uh, that Brandon Bean, in my opinion, you know, uh, somebody I heard talking about the fact that if they gave out awards for every five years, he'd be GM of the last five years. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, the moves he's made are just, not that everyone's stellar, but man, yeah. some really smart moves, some great draft choices, you know. Yep. I mean, they're they're just working hard to put together a, not only a, a short-term uh, success story, but a long-term one. Oh, absolutely. And look at the... Man, if we go back and look at the coaches that we've had over the last Ouch. 20 years after Ouch. Marv Levy, man, I mean, besides Wade Phillips, in, right. you know, right. not in really any order, but you're talking Mike Malarkey, Greg Williams. I mean, who else we got? Um, you know, there's yeah. there's a bunch of coaches in there. That, oh, yeah. Jerron. You know, yeah. I mean, just, just Marone. I mean, Marone. Yeah. head scratching. What the hell are you thinking? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just bad. bad, bad decisions. Yeah. And I think you're touching on part of the, the issue here is that people are very gun-shy still. It's hard to believe that we have ended that drought. And that's right. always going to be in the back of everyone's mind. And to be honest, it's more fun to talk about conflict and you sure. know, potential failure than it is to say everything's working out. You know, yeah, like, It's agree. always going to be happening. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. On this podcast, we're excited. Yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Big time. And, uh, you know, you talked, you brought up uh, Wade Phillips, or, uh, yeah, Wade Phillips after Marv Levy, right? His biggest crime was following Marv Levy. Well, yeah. I, I think he had, like, two winning seasons out of three, and maybe the third one was 500 or something like that. It wasn't like he was a horrible coach. It's just that expectations were so high coming out of four Super Bowls. Uh, but that being said, there's no way of knowing what the next couple of years would have meant anyway. But right. yeah, ever since then, it's been like a freaking snowball rolling downhill, just bad, bad, bad on top of bad, and just like 17, 18 years, whatever it was, it's yeah. just devastating. And the thing is, is when we we drafted guys with all those the regimes we had, we just we did we not always have the worst luck ever. It it really did. I mean, seem every that way. every pick, Mike Williams, a bust. You know, mm -hmm. I mean the the DN we got from Penn State. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but a bust. Yeah, no, you know, uh, I know. Just so many guys that you know. Uh, yeah. What about remember Terrell Troop? Guy was oh, yeah. the D tackle was supposed to be a, a you know a right. pretty, pretty top notch D tackle, a bust Blue chip kind of a guy. Yeah, yeah, it's just I mean we've had yeah, so I, many it, issues, and you don't know either if it's um, all just bad draft choices or not being able to develop guys. I have heard a lot of people um, speaking more positive about the Bills coaching staff and, and 
just like Josh Allen, taking time to develop guys. You know, the plan out of the gate was he sits for a year. Didn't go. You know what I mean? It didn't work out. Yeah. And you can blame the the um, GM and coaching staff for getting rid of a McCarron or whatever. So there was no fallback. Um, so, you know, it may be, maybe that's warranted. But at the same time, sometimes things don't go according to plan, you know? Yeah. So they always say that life is what happens while you're making other plans. It's just sometimes John Feliciano was not a part of the plan, wasn't <laughs> a major injury, uh, you know, whatever, a two- to three-month injury was not something that they were hoping for with John yeah. Feliciano, but it happens. And thank God they are able to get Brian Winters. Um, I heard a, a conversation earlier with the, the Jets, um, one of their sportscasters, um, you know, just saying that he got into some injury problems but was a really good player. So who knows? We'll see where he's at. Sure. Yeah. At least short term. Yeah. Until Feliciano is healthy. Yeah. No, absolutely. I got a good question for you, too. Um, McDermott was nominated uh, for being a coach of the year last year, 2019. Right. Do you think that he's going to be in the same boat again this year? I think he's probably going to have a much better chance. I, I really do. I think uh, overall the the team is put together to where they could finish real strong, maybe make some noise in the playoffs, and that's honestly going to be the determining factor, right? Like success is going to get you the attention. So making the playoffs fine, winning a game or two in the playoffs definitely is going to get them noticed. Absolutely. There's no doubt. And we haven't won a game in the playoffs since 1995, man. Yeah. It's been a, it's long, been a long time. Really, really so, long time. So we need we, we need that. Yeah, yeah, who was even alive back then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was like 13. I don't so, want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's got us in age a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just uh, we as a community, we as Bills fans, we need we need a win in the playoffs, man. I mean, right. Again, we got to end that drought, and we got to we got to get this franchise move forward. Yeah, really I agree. Do. And that's that's one big hurdle that we gotta we gotta get over. Yeah, and I think these are the guys to do that. I really do. I think these are the guys that can get that done. They can make that happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing with with McDermott's contract extension. We got six more years with him, and I'm just dreaming, man, about what these guys are going to be able to do with this team. And where they're going to be able to take us in this next six years. I oh, mean, yeah. It can be one of the most exciting times in Bill's history uh, next to the Super Bowl years. Sure. You yeah. Know? And, you know, we don't get to see the future right now because I think in all likelihood, I mean, that's what their goal is. Right. And nobody, every team's goal is to make it to the Super Bowl. But uh, building the team they have around um, Josh Allen, you know, they've, they went out and they spent big to get Stefan Diggs. You know what I mean? So now you got a guy with a huge arm, a guy who can get downfield in John Brown and Stefan Diggs. You know, it, it really looks like they're putting the pieces together to to make a run. Yeah. And again, not just this year. Uh it starts this year, but I think they're looking to make a run over the next decade, you know, if they can keep the team together, uh, yeah. at least the core group. Yeah. And um, speaking of runs and, and digs, let's move on and talk about a little training camp, huh? Yeah. No kidding. Pads are on, dude. It's 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 go time now. Yeah. Right? They're, they're they're hitting. They're slamming bodies. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So from what I understand, Diggs and uh, and Josh Norman stood out pretty big in in day one. That's what they're saying. Yeah. That yeah. I me, saw that. It makes me happy. It it really does. It really does. Because Josh Norman, if he gets anything close to what he was not that many years ago, you know, he's a Pro Bowler. I don't even remember, like four or five years ago. Good player, really good player, sound player. You know, in the right system, which this might be that because he's playing for the same guy yeah. that was coaching him when he went to the Pro Bowl. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think I think Josh Norman adds, uh, I mentioned it before, maybe maybe a little bit of attitude, maybe a little bit of swag, maybe maybe a, 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 an identity that these players can kind of rally around. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I agree. I mean, in 2015, when he was in McDermott's system, he was a pro bowler. He had four or five picks that year. Uh, PFF ranked um, uh, uh, like 87th, uh, or, or they ranked him with an 87, I should say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which, Their point system, yep, 87. Yeah. Which, which is very good. Sure. Um, and, yeah, and that's then he, he damn fell. near elite. Yeah. Man, that's up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then he fell off when he, for some reason, the system didn't work for him in Washington. But, uh, I mean, let's be honest, when he went to Washington, I don't think a lot of that was him. I think a lot of that had to do with the team he was on. Sure. The system he was in. I mean, the guy's talented. There's, yeah, there's, there's no, no doubt. doubt. Right? And it's showing up already. You know, like I said, they just put the pads on. And already guys are going, yeah, he, he's he's got something going on. So, yeah. you know, the, the players he's playing with are noticing. Uh, so that's that's not nothing. You know, that's... No. Getting uh getting accolades from the guys you're competing with, uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see the this combination continue with uh, Josh and Diggs, man. I mean, so far it seems like you know they're on the same page again. It's training camp. We, I mean, I get it. Yeah, you know? I do too. Yeah, but I I feel like there's something there already. You know, right? At least we don't have to hear. Oh, it's a preseason game. It's a preseason. It doesn't mean anything. It's a preseason game. You yeah, know what I mean, like yeah. that's been the story in years past, and, and right. maybe it'll stay that way as far as training camp goes. But uh, I think somebody said like twenty five days, something like that, till game one. Yeah. So it's Close. a little over three weeks. I know, man. And then we'll get to see what it looks like and and live action yeah um but like you said all you can go with is what you got and what we got is just raves step on digs his work ethic his his route cuts all of it you know and he runs the full route tree you know he he kind of he kind of took over uh playing with Kirk cousins he kind of took over this persona as a is a deep threat guy like he led the nfl and yards receptions and touchdowns on passes 20 plus yards i believe he led the nfl that's huge yeah so that's huge but you get labeled that like that's all you are right that's that's who you are um and i think he uh because of that he he ended up getting a lot of yards on less receptions than most guys so um you kind of you know maybe you get pegged as a certain guy like okay that just like john brown when he came in here, John Brown's a speedster. He's a, but you see John Brown running ten yard routes, fifteen yards, curls. I mean, he's doing the whole thing. Like you know Absolutely. what I mean? When you've yeah. got John Brown, Cole Beasley, and then your next best shot is Foster or McKenzie or whatever, John Brown has to be able to evolve and and take on the full uh, route tree. Yep. And he did. I mean, over a thousand yards. He was all over the field. 
Yep. You know, That's and great. on there are a few long passes. Josh Allen was able to find him. So I think with Stefan Diggs and, and Josh having another off season to to hone his craft, yeah, I think the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what what happened with uh, John Brown in, in camp, from what I read on Bills.com, is he was connecting for a lot of a lot of completions from Josh, and he had a 50-yard touchdown catch. Yeah. So, I mean, that there's you, you can see that's carrying over from last year because their their connection all year long, to me, was pretty, pretty good. And, oh, yeah. And then it just got better and better. Now it's starting to show again here in camp early. Right, you know, and that's that's huge. So, well, I looked for the stat. I know um, Josh Allen's quarterback rating when throwing to John Brown was higher than any other player on the team, and, and that makes sense. But it was good. I mean, it was like around 120 or something, or 120 plus yeah. his quarterback rating when he was throwing to uh, to um, John Brown. You know, and, right. and you extrapolate that. Uh, I also heard Dawson Knox had more drops than any other tight end in the league. You know, what I mean, so. So that doesn't help your your uh, uh, completion percentage either, you know. I mean, yeah. So he improved. Josh Allen improved his completion percentage. We know to almost fifty nine percent from what fifty two plus or something like that. Um, I don't expect him to take that giant leap again, but I think, like you talked about with with Stefan Diggs, uh, sky's the limit. I, I think he could easily exceed sixty percent or more. Big time, big time. You know. So, what are your thoughts? What do you think? is Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are capable of doing this year. They're going to be big, man. Yeah. I, I really think so. You think they're going to compete with some of the big pairings in the league? Yeah. You know, I, like your Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill kind of a combo. Oh yeah. 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 So, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be, I mean, they're going to be right in the mix the the whole season. I mean, these guys are, are going to show, uh, Josh Allen's going to show the league what's up this year. I think so. Yeah, I really do. You know, and again, um, and it's not just his coaches or his players talking about a guy that just, it's a 365-day-a-year job for Josh Allen. You know, he doesn't take a day off. You know, they're talking about John Feliciano. I, I heard this the other day. I don't know if it's true or not. But supposedly when John Feliciano got out of surgery for his torn peck or whatever, Josh Allen cooked him dinner. Did he really? Seriously. That's well, I just read that like today or yesterday or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, what what do you say about a quarterback who does that, right? Like, there's tons of quarterbacks that'll spend money on their guys. He'll buy them Rolexes or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. You always hear about stuff like that, take them out to dinner, buy them Rolexes. But that's freaking money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something they all have a lot of. Right. But time? How much time does Josh Allen actually really have? Mm-hmm. You know, with practice, film study, you know, everything else he did. We talked about he, he put in a... a kind of a film studio in his home so it'd make it easier for him to review plays and tapes and you know go through stuff like that so um yeah i don't think he has a ton of spare time right so for him to do something like that they're always saying whenever they get new players he's on the phone or texting them going hey man welcome to the team look forward to playing you know yeah so yeah he's he's like i think what most people would want their quarterback to be when when it comes to leadership you know what i mean Lead by example. Don't be telling guys what to do. Show them what you're capable of doing, the risks you're willing to take. Yep. And uh, I think Stefan Diggs is going to see that. And I think, like you talked about, I think we're going to see a pair that could reshape this team historically. 
you yeah. know, Jim Absolutely. Kelly, Andre Reed type of a situation or, or even better. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And going back to your uh, comment, that was John Feliciano he did that for? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's well, so cool. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> that, that, no, that's who I oh, thought okay. you said. I was yeah. just making sure. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, a guy that's injured, not even playing. Right. You know, I mean. Yeah, it's easy enough to, to kind of just go, hey, I mean, I look forward to having him back someday. Yeah. But just to just to do that, just to say, hey, you're still part of the family. You're one of my brothers. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do this for you just so we can talk and and. I, I just think he's that guy. He's very supportive, I think, yeah. of, of every player. Yeah. And speaking of injuries, uh, the injury report listed, uh, we had Wallace that was out with a back injury yesterday, and Ed Oliver had a had a hip. Um, I guess that's the only two two that they announced yesterday for the most part, right? Right, right. With any seriousness. It doesn't seem really concerning with either no. injury i don't think I no mean, i don't think so kind of just hold them out a little bit a little right. soreness or something so yeah and you had mentioned i think uh there was a couple of guys with red no contact jerseys oh yeah yeah there was um hodgins was one i think maybe. hodgins and uh johnson the the linebacker from uh oh, Jonathan, yeah. which i know you're you're pretty i feel like you're pretty high in that kid the linebacker from florida oh, yeah. the kid johnson i mean absolutely yeah, I mean, the the tape on him coming out of college was a guy who wasn't afraid to throw his body around. And you know from our conversations, I, I, I'll i take, like, athleticism and uh, willing to commit to a tackle over a lot of other things. Yeah. I seen a little uh, a little blip on uh, Matt Milano earlier. And, and, man, you go back through and you review some of those tapes from last year, there, there was times he was pretty damn incredible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, like just throwing his body around yeah. and literally slamming guys to the ground. Right. Like he plays with an edge. He's got some anger in him. Yeah. You know, I love that. I, that that's my favorite player. Big you know? time. Big time. And we we got to get into it probably another episode, unfortunately, because we'll obviously we'll run out of time. <laughs> yeah, we, we can just do this forever. Up. Yeah. But yeah, we got to get into talking about, you know, who we want to sign. You know, these guys are the contracts coming up. So we'll get into all that again. We will, but that's, that's, that's that's something we got to talk about for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then we got a couple of position battles, uh, that, well, actually one that's kind of known right now, our kickers, huh? Yeah. Right. Exciting. Well, it's fascinating. It's not exciting, but it's very important. And the importance comes down, you know, to a lot of things like last year, unfortunately, house had, he just had some issues, you know, yeah, and then late in the season and the in the playoffs, like I think it was perfect, right against Literally. Houston, yeah. uh, like four for four or something like that, and yeah. took us to overtime, and we nearly won that game. Yeah, but yeah, during the season it was dicey at times. Sketchy. I just remember the Dallas game when he was he was dinging it off the oh, side yeah. of the post, right? And I'm like, come on, you gotta be kidding me, man! Like you're right. in a dome, dude. You gotta hit these kicks. Well, sure. You I know. know. I think it was was it the Titans game or? When their kicker couldn't hit the broadside of a freaking barn, I'm, I'm yeah. Per- it might have been a Titans game. Like, I and all I was. could think of is, dear God, don't let us get to that point. Yeah. You know, because that's that's devastating for a team who busts their ass to get down to the thirty yard line for a nice forty seven yard field goal, and a guy can't get it past the end zone yeah. line. You know what I mean? It's, well, especially for a team like us, we were very reliant on those points. You know, yeah, it, was, it just seems more devastating than it actually was. And it seemed like there were a few games in a row where he was struggling and beyond that, it wasn't that bad. I mean it it just no, seemed bad. No, but but then there's the distance thing, right? Like 
can he can he kick the long ball? Can he give us a shot when time's running out and you need a fifty two yarder or whatever? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he can. Maybe he's still that guy. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's going to be an interesting battle. We well, need time to find out, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Tyler Bass can kick it a fucking country mile, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you ever seen that that uh, 60 yard or something he kicks with one step. Maybe it was 50 yards or something like that. I did see that, yeah. Yeah, he's like standing next to it, just swings his leg and kicks it 50 yards. Like, yeah. Dear God. He's got a, he's got a big leg on him. That's awesome. I mean, we need that in our in our climate for sure. Sure. Plus, we just we just need a guy. I mean, if he can kick it a mile long, great. But can he put right. it through the uprights? And I think know? that's the problem, right? When you're the Buffalo Bills currently, if you look at 2019, you've got one of the best defenses in the league. You've got an offense that struggles to score points. So three points is is could be the difference of the game. Yeah. You know, definitely six. Too many times. So that one field goal or or give or take could be absolutely critical. Now, mm-hmm. with any luck, and in my opinion, I think the Bills are going to score a lot more points this year, and I honestly think their defense will give up the same or less. Yeah, I, That's why I'm so high on the Bills getting into the playoffs and making some noise Right, is because I just think their offense, uh, the move they've made um, in the draft, free agency and stuff like that, They've beefed up the defense. They they've changes they've made are all positive. Yeah, like like I don't see a drop off on either side, which most teams can never say that, you know. So, yeah. yep, and we'll see. They scored nineteen points last year as their their average, average right? Think, right? So, yeah, what do you think? What do you what do you th- what do you want them to get at for this year? I I would like to see something in the twenty two to twenty five point range. I mean, I yeah. think at twenty five. Um, you're going to be one of the higher scoring teams in the league. I, I'm I'm pretty certain. You know well, what I mean? That 19. If we can turn, I mean, honestly, one more touchdown gets oh, us yeah. 26. Right. You know. And right. And sh- that's going to win you a lot of games. We got to be able that's to. Win you. Yeah. With this defense. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, um, I pointed out to you that that one stat about the last three years. Mario Addison had more sacks than Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson combined over the course of the last three years. So he he brings some heat, you know what I mean? Right. And, I mean, all across the defensive line with Harrison Phillips coming back, um, I don't think there's enough talked about with Harrison Phillips. I really don't. I think he's going to, if he can stay healthy this year, he's going to show out. Yeah, they're going to see what they got with Harrison Phillips. I, I love Harrison Phillips. And I was telling you today earlier when we are discussing Bill's talk like we pretty much always do during the day. Sorry, Jason. 24-7 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's what I needed was another hour of Bill's talk one day a week. <laughs> I think that was what I was missing in my life. <laughs> I know, man. I mean, you know, we, we, we got we to gotta bring it up here and there, right? Yeah. But um, like when we were talking about earlier today, um, it, we, we, we just need to get these guys. We, we got to score more points. I mean, we got to get we got to get this offense moving and it's something that really needs to, to yeah. happen. With yeah. Us. That's I mean, going to have to be a key focus. Yeah. And I think, again, it's one more year in Brian Dable's system. Uh, it's one more year. We've got most of the line have played together. You got Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, second year players. Now, um, Ed Oliver, you know what I mean? Harrison Phillips is, I think actually his third year, but he got cheated out of his second. Yeah. So, yeah. you know I mean? It's just a lot of these guys that showed a real promise. Now have another year. Tremaine Edmonds, man. 
I mean, dear God, they're talking about Matt Milano. I don't know if you heard that interview said that he he's huge, like not only bigger, muscular, but like it looks like he grew two more oh, inches somehow. Was, you know what I mean? It was Jordan Poyer that said that. Oh, Poyer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're right. It was Jordan Poyer. Yeah. But I mean, again, you look at some of the film from last year. Right. He he, especially towards the end of the year, was really was really coming on. You know, I'm I'm excited about like I say the whole team, but yeah. But that uh, that defense is going to be stellar. And that was the thing I was uh, trying to bring up uh, was Harrison Phillips really reminds me of of Kyle Williams. Oh, there's no lot. doubt. And maybe it's because he Kyle Williams took him under his wing his rookie year or whatever the case is. But I think it just his style of play, right. um, his, demeanor, his demeanor. I think is very similar. I think you know. I think Kyle. Kyle uh, Williams, for the most part, thinks he's looking in a mirror when he looks at him, like, you know, 15 yeah. years ago or whatever, or sure. 12 years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just think he probably feels like a younger brother. Yeah. You know, neither one of them were like crazy, highly touted coming out of college. You know, they weren't exactly blue chip guys, but they both know what work's all about. Yeah. You know, they know what earning a spot is, you know. Absolutely. Kyle Williams, yeah, he's he's basically a local legend now. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Yep. He's just that kind of a guy. And uh, we talked about it earlier. He he lives his emotions on his sleeve. Like, you know, you don't have to worry what the guy's thinking because he'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing. Uh, I think you probably read the same article. Um, I, I read mine on Bills.com or when they were talking to Harrison Phillips about the defensive line when he was saying that the defensive line is looking scary with the amount of pass rushers we have. Oh, yeah. So you're talking Mario Addison, Vernon Butler. Quentin Jefferson, A.J. Epinesa, Brian Cox Jr., Harrison Phillips, Jerry Hughes, Daryl Johnson. I mean, we Trent got Murphy. some dogs, man. Trent Murphy. Yeah, oh, he yep. turned it out. We talked about this. He He's kind of a, a possible cap casualty, sure. but he kind of turned it on towards the end of the last year and in the playoffs. He, he played a good game against Houston, and, and he looked good. So if it's not about the money this year, I mean, he's one more piece. Yeah. You know what I mean? What is it about Murphy that, especially you and I, we always say like he's the odd man out. <laughs> I know, you know, I, I know. And the guy, the well, guy. because when he first came, when he first came to Buffalo, he still was recovering from injuries and stuff like that, and, and it was holding him back, and he underperformed, I, I think, and even even last year, especially first half of the season, it just seemed like he hadn't quite put it all together. Yeah, and that's what I'm wondering now. What what did the Bills see? You know, it's less about what we think and more about what do they see because it is significant. I think it's around eight million uh, they can save if they if they caught them. Right. Um, so it'll cost them a couple of million in dead cap, but yeah, that's pretty significant. When again, you talk about these big contracts coming up. So right. I don't think I think he's he's there as far as uh, skill level back. I think he's and and this training camp is going to tell them the story. I think they're looking to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then the one thing that I really, uh, the other note that we were talking about getting into is identity change. You know, right. Will the Bills identity change, especially add in Stefan Diggs and Josh Norman, getting those guys in the mix? Well, we talked about, or I talked about that um, earlier as far as like, what exactly is the Bills identity? What are yeah. they? Right. You know what I mean? I mean, for the most part, I think they probably run and pass fairly close to a 50-50 split, but they're really not a passing team. They're really not a, you know, hard and fast 
running team. Um, there's a lot of versatility there. They like the jet sweeps, and they like to mix it up a little bit. That pass from John Brown to Josh Allen. John Brown passed to Devin Singletary for a touchdown. Yep. You know, John Brown's probably one of the most successful passers in the league right now because he's thrown like two passes and had two touchdowns. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I don't know if they really have an identity or even a real sense of uh, swag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Josh Norman, he he's not afraid to mix it up with somebody. You know, Stefan Diggs is a chip on his shoulder. You can tell. He he plays with an edge. You, you, you watch his workout film. I mean, it's insane what that man does to his body. Absolutely. To become the best player that he can possibly be. Right. And, um, and yeah, I'm hoping that it kind of brings a little bit of a cockiness to the team. I'd maybe, like to see that. Yeah, maybe a little bit of swag, maybe a little bit of attitude. Yeah. You know? Yep. And for me... The also the identity that I think about a lot is not just uh, guys on the field, uh, how they how they act or things like that. But for me, their identity is guys that are dogs, man. They work right. their ass off off the field. These guys like Josh Allen. I don't know if you were telling me this or we we're talking about it, but he threw the ball to uh, on a play to maybe Devin Singletary or something. He didn't like the placement of where the ball was. Right. So he, he yells at Dabo, run it again. I need to run that play again. Right. And and that's like the, that's the identity that I kind of look at, too. Sure. I mean, I agree with your identity look, too. But, f- again, for me, it's like these guys, the way they, they, they put their work in, man. Yeah, and, that blue-collar mentality. I mean, they come to work. They come to work to work. Yeah. They do. Nobody's taking a day off. Nobody's you know, sitting on the sideline and watching other guys. They know if they want a spot on this team, they're going to earn it. Yep. You know, I mean, even after the draft, like one of the first things Ed Oliver said, like, I'm, I'm not afraid to earn a spot. I spent my whole life earning what I get. I'm not afraid to do that. And, and yep. honestly, I think we talked about not only athleticism, you know, as far as Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and what they're looking for in guys. But I think intelligence, athleticism, and the ability to do what it takes to become the best possible version of you. Yeah. You know? Now, yeah. you mentioned the blue-collar work ethic. Do you think Stefan Diggs fits in with that mold traditionally the way you're imagining it? That's that's $64,000 question. Well, I don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to prove that he's willing to do that to this team. I, yeah. I really think that. And I think so far the news out of camp is, Nobody works harder than Stefan Diggs, you know, and that, and that's how you get respect. Right. You know, what you talked about, Josh Allen, I'll always point to that Dallas game and that fourth down that's fumbled that he picks up and just sheer will drives him three, four yards forward, carrying a a cornerback, you know, and, and basically whipping him to the ground, just willing himself a first down when they had to have it. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's, you don't see that. I remember seeing a play, and I think it was Cam Newton, to be honest with you. I don't remember. But where there's a fumble, and a, a guy who, a quarterback who had a shot at getting the ball, jumped out of the scrum, wanted no part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I think, more typical than what Josh Allen did. Oh, Most yeah. quarterbacks are going to avoid diving into a pile for a football. Yeah. Not Josh Allen. And you can criticize anything you want as far as bonehead plays here or there or whatever. I'll take them for that kind of sheer will to win. 
Yep. I'll take it every day. I agree. And the thing that I like for identity is when you get an opposing team, whether they're coming to our house or we're going to their house, they know they're going to be in a dogfight all four quarters. We're not the old Buffalo Bills where you right. come in and you roll over us and you're you're beating us down, or we may sneak one in and beat you because maybe you laid off us. I mean, you right. come you come to Buffalo or we're coming to you. We're we're coming to we're coming to beat your ass. Yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. the way I look at how these guys want to play, and they prepare to do that. They're smart, you know. They they don't like penalties. They work on that. Sure. I mean, we man, how bad were we with penalties when we had Rex Ryan? It was a joke. Yeah, which I is mean, why yeah. it's so hard when you see a game where it just seems like the effort isn't a hundred percent or a hundred and ten percent. It just it makes it feel like you're not even watching your team anymore. Yeah, agreed. Guys used to. I mean, I think we're a little bit spoiled. You know? Yeah, that's a very hard point. workers. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, and I mean, how much? How many times do we see Jerry Hughes lose his shit? Yeah, and and get penalized and right and right. couldn't calm him down. Have you and, seen that in the last three years? No, nothing. Yeah, these guys not they one time. I, I yeah yeah, and yeah. I think part of that is respect for the coach and his own philosophy. Right. Right. Like. um because Jerry Hughes, again, I don't have any stats to back it up, but I know he's led top 10 in the league in quarterback hurries and pressures over the last three, four years. Right. Like he is he is a few sacks shy of being probably one of the best pass rushers in the league, and he's always just fingertip away from a ball or a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his numbers could just skyrocket this year with more pressure from inside through a, I know AJ up and us, so they're going to be moving him around a lot. They talked about that. Um, so yeah, I think pass rush situations, Mario Addison, uh, I think it could help Jerry Hughes's numbers. I really do. Yeah. I think Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson benefited from the attention that had to be paid to Jerry Hughes. I really do. So I think now that you have even stronger pressure from other places along the D line, that might free Jerry Hughes up to really start to show what. But back to the original point of the penalties and stuff like that is, yeah, yeah, this is not a team that's burdened with, you know, 10 or 12 penalties a game anymore. Right. They're disciplined. Discipline. And that's the identity. Like McDermott brings in guys that fit the identity already, I believe. Yeah. You know, he's bringing in guys that he believes are, are going to, they're going to come in and they're going to fit what we, our culture what identity we already have, which is blue collar guys, guys that want to work their butts off, guys that want to win, guys that are smart, guys that can just fundamentally be good football players. They don't have to be the most talented guys. Right. But right. can they be smart, fundamentally sound football players? And, well, we, and we that's talked, how you can win games. Yeah, and we talked about that. If you look at the guys that they drafted this year, AJ Epinesa, Zach Moss, guys that kind of floundered at the combine. You know, so they became draft Folks. value. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they both probably went further in the draft than was anticipated. They talked about A.J. Epinesa possibly, and I, I kind of follow that. Um, they showed him possibly being a, a late first-rounder, and I got him at, like, 54. You know, Zach Moss could have been as high as second round. They get him in third round. So they become yeah. draft value, and it's hard to pass on guys like that. Right. You know, because I don't think this this regime gives a crap about how fast a guy can run in a straight line. Sure. They know that's not what the game is. Yep. 
Yep. And the and the thing that also gets me with the whole identity thing is remember how much we would talk about uh how Josh Allen fit like Buffalo's culture and fit the hardworking blue collar guy. He's right. from a small town in, Farmer. in in California and he, he gets up and he works hard in a farm and this and that. And, you know, no speaking any names, but remember who said I don't want I don't I don't care if I get someone that worked on a farm and a guy that works hard. Right, I just, right. I just, I just want someone to come in and that can win a football game. Right. Well, right. To me, that goes hand in hand. Right. If You're right. You, if you got a guy that comes in and thinks, well, I'm ultra talented and ah, what do I need to bust my ass for? I'm 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 talented. I'm the quarterback. Yeah. Well, where does that get you? Well, right, it could get you like Baker Mayfield. Like, <laughs> sorry, Bills, sorry, Bills fans, but who? How many of you out there wanted to draft the other Josh? Yeah, right. Yeah, serious. You know, serious. He who must not be named. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I know where you're coming from. And for sure, you know, people are booing and pissed yep. off and this and that. And I'm like, I'm. I did not want any part of that, Josh. Man, I wanted. Yeah, I wanted yeah. just Josh. Yeah, I agree. I, I was kind of alone in the crowd too. When that all went, where were you down. watching the draft? When when you're, were you at the Fitzgerald's J- JPs? Yeah. yeah, and everybody's booing their ass off. Yeah, well, you should have heard it, it, man. It was the silence was deafening. Yeah, it was almost like what, you know? And I, and honestly, I the only reason I wasn't jumping up and down for joy you know, I could was like, yeah, I didn't want to get my ass kicked. You know what I mean? Like it felt that way. Like people kind of were just like devastated, and I'm like. I just I wanted no part of Rosen, dude. Same here. Nothing. Well, yeah, like three concussions in his last year, sec- last two years of college or whatever. Like, I mean, there was just again, I, I and I'm not saying that Josh Allen's the best quarterback to come out of that um, that draft necessarily, but I think starting this year, people are going to see what they passed up on. Yeah, you know, yep. I really do, and Absolutely. I think they're going to regret it. One point that I want to make on the identity thing. I mean, I don't want to do a cool running thing where we talk about like the Swiss team or whatever, but like if you look at Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I mean, Matt Ryan comes in first round draft 2008, flounders a little bit, you hit 2011, and magic happens. Maybe not right away, but the following year, I mean, they exploded. And it's not just that Julio Jones came on the team, it's the, the mix of everything together greater than the sum of its parts. Right. And that's really what I'm hoping to see. I think it could happen. I mean, we have a lot of offensive weapons. Yeah, and I'm not trying to shit on Cleveland, you know, but if you look at the talent they brought to that team last year, you know, I mean, at the beginning of the year, they're talking about Super Bowl. I remember they're talking about who's going to make the playoffs, the Jets or the Bills. You know what I mean? I mean, that's Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, you know, who's going to the playoffs. Everybody was actually kind of, I think, leaning towards the Jets over the Bills making the playoffs. But Cleveland was like, potential Super Bowl contender, OBJ, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield. I mean, Mayfield looked like a superstar as as a rookie. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. There are so many reporters. I I can't tell you. I I watch a lot of ESPN. I I just do. Right. And I grew up on it. And there are so many reporters on ESPN just up Cleveland's ass. Like, oh, Cleveland's going to go deep in the playoffs. And one guy, Stephen A. Smith, if you're familiar I remember, with him, I know Steven. He sure. would lose his shit, people, <laughs> because I mean, Cleveland's been in the doghouse for a right. long, long time. Yeah, and why do they get so much slack? I don't know because the pity. Yeah, I, I mean, like I literally seen a stat that said like for the last three years they've never been above five hundred. Like they've never won their first game. Oh, yeah, you were telling me that the one day. Yeah, yeah. so, like, they've always lost their first game and have never, never been a, in any game. 
throughout any season the last three years. Like, to me, that's insane. Like, you think at some point you'd be like two and one or three and two just by accident, right? Oh, like, because you're a 500 team. Yeah. But but they get, a, they get a pass because they've got Baker Mayfield and OBJ and Jarvis Landry and your Chubb. Yeah, I mean... Like they they get a pass. The Bills still have to earn everything they get. They're like even this year, they're not getting any respect. Josh Allen's not going to get any respect. Right. They don't they don't see him as an up and comer. They see him as a guy who's gonna this year he's gonna bust out. This will be and I don't mean breakout. I mean this is he's gonna go bust this year. This will be his last year as a starter in the NFL. Yeah. I I, I think that's what I'm seeing more than anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes no sense to me, but I think the majority of experts are are expecting that not big changes not even moving forward but maybe stagnating or going backwards or you know what i mean so. right right and that brings me to the point where this um conversation i think would be a, a really good conversation josh allen and Diggs combination versus the league this year dude i'm i'm saying this year they probably will be uh, i'm uh, I'm thinking easily a top 10 combination. Right. Now, we got the stats right here in front of us. The Bleacher Report article that we, we pulled up. Now, they took the ratings for, they rated all 32 teams, but we only pulled 15, the top 15, which makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, But the ratings are for a combo for, of PFF and Football Outsiders. So, I guess everybody out there that's listening could probably guess the number one combination, Kansas <laughs> City think. Chiefs. They were mentioned earlier in the podcast. Pat Holmes and Tyreek Hill. Sure. So, I mean, they... they and even I can't num- disagree. Even number two, right? Breeze and Michael Thomas. Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, yep. that's kind of a no-brainer. Yep. You know. And like Jason was bringing up number three, Falcons, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Sure. Good combo. So, those top three I can't really disagree with. I mean, from the body of work these guys... I have right. I mean, KC won the Super Bowl. The Saints probably should have won one. Right. The Falcons. Oh God, can we talk about that <laughs> real quick? How they, they sure how they floundered that against yeah. against the Pats. Jeez. Yeah. I, yeah. That was yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I mean, they talk about the Bills like leading last year in the wild card and losing that game. Yeah. Man, look at look at the Falcons. Ugh. Dear God in heaven. That is harsh. I'd still be crying if that were my team. Oh, I was so mad. Yeah, I were crying horrible. for quite a while after watching that. <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, I remember watching. Devastating. I was watching that Super Bowl, and I, I remember it so vividly. I'm like, Falcons got this game. And they came back after the half, and I'm like, what's what? going on? Yeah, right. Like, why can't the Falcons move the ball? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Like, yeah. I, I didn't understand it. Like, Corona. But, well, when we moved to. Uh, then they got number four. They got Seattle, uh, Russell Wilson, and Tyre Lockett. I, I I believe in Russell Wilson all, all day long. Is Tyre Lockett really that dangerous? I mean, to be a number Only four because guy? of Russell Wilson. Yeah. I really believe that. Right. You know, if you look at, uh, like, what Tom Brady was able to do with, like, Chris Hogan and guys sure. like that. Yeah. A quarterback can really make up a, a pretty good wide receiver. Almost great. I would almost put, I mean, number five, they have Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams. I would almost. I'd I'd almost put them at four in a in, potentially you yeah know? yeah I think that's a more dangerous combo in my I opinion. think so too but I really do. Then you got the uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay Bucks man yeah Brady and Mike Evans so we can have a whole conversation on that one too sometime yeah but I mean what do you, you know how I think 
I mean, that's real, gonna go. real quick, what do you what do you think is going to happen with uh, Brady and Mike Evans combo? Yeah, I I personally think they they could they could have a winning season. They could even make the playoffs. I don't anticipate them doing any damage if they do. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't think I don't know how good the line is, but I don't think the running game is that good. Uh, what they just brought on Lashawn McCoy, a guy like Ronald Jones. Uh, you know, I I think you can, with pressure, Tom Brady proved last year that you can um, you can do a lot of damage to that team. I I just right. I I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are. I'm really not. Right. And Tom Brady. I mean, let's again be completely honest. Tom Brady is moving away from what's been a dog shit AFC East. Right. To go into a very tough NFC South division. For oh, sure. And he's got to face the Falcons, which are no slouch. Right. Panthers are Panthers are trouble, gonna, but... the Panthers are gonna put put some points up, man. They got talent. Yeah. You I mean, know? Yeah. And then you got this then you got the Saints. I mean, they're they have to face three really talented teams, man. And they Brady's not not used to that. Right. You know, let's be honest. He's right. not. Well, you know? it's gonna be no different than I think what people were doing to him last year. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. He's going to have to get rid of the ball quick. It's going to have to be timing plays. And it ain't like they don't have a fair idea where the ball's going, right? I right. mean, there's Godwin, um, you know, Mike Evans. And after that, yeah, you know, yep. so we'll see. Yeah. But I just, I'm not, I'm not big on him. You I know agree. that. I agree. You guys were so kind to Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, where are you from again? Nice. Yeah. We're trying to be nice. You know I the, guess it's not polite to speak ill of the dead, huh? You know what the funny <laughs> thing is? That was, I'm a big Michigan fan, as you can see. A yeah. Michigan Wolverine fan. Mm-hmm. I, and don't repeat this to anybody. Well, everybody's going to hear this. <laughs> I, I love Tom Brady when he played for Michigan. Right. Because that's my college football team. Mm-hmm. And Brady was, he, he took him to a Rose Bowl. He was, he was good. Sure. You know, he, and I, I liked him. He got drafted in New England. I'm all right. Whatever, man. It is you what know? it is. Right. And then yeah. he continued to just put us to the dirt. And yeah. I hate Tom Brady now. Well, so. you probably didn't hate New England back then as much as you do now. So I didn't. Well, it's hard. And the it's hard to blame. Part is, right. It, right. it isn't like anybody in the AFC really did anything to try to challenge that team either. Like everything they, I, I swear. Bill Belichick, I think, sold his soul to the devil. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not positive of that. Don't don't. Don't take me to court over that one because I don't have any evidence of anything. But either him or Brady, like, yeah. there's some reason that that all three of their division opponents sucked ass for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we it's, just sucked. It's horrible. We are horrible. I know. Uh, so, all right, well, after the Bucks at six, then they got uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins at number seven. We can go back to debating that one. I think that could be a little sketchy. Potentially. Number eight, Minnesota Vikings. Cousins and Thielen. I think that's a legit combo. Sure. You know, Thielen's been over, I think, 1,000 yards the last couple of years. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, he's averaging like 100 yards a game or something at one yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah, I so, mean. So that's, I mean, you can't. He's really, a receiver for sure. You can't. Yeah, that's a good one. And before we move on from that, I'd like to point out for everybody who isn't looking at the data that we're looking at right now, basically number three through number seven from the Falcons to the Cardinals they're kind of interchangeable just based on the stats they're providing us right now. That's um, true. If you look at the numbers, it's really not like it's in stone. They're, they're like a point apart. Right. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yep. Yeah. These guys are, yeah. It put them in any order at that point. Yep. Sure. A- absolutely. Number nine, 
Texans, Deshaun Watson, and Brandon Cooks. I'm not very high in Brandon Cooks, so that, that number nine is a little odd to me. Um, but hey, uh, Baltimore Ravens at ten with Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown. We'll see how the league deals with Lamar Jackson this year. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that rolls. We got uh, eleven Dallas Cowboys, Prescott and Amari Cooper. I'd um, I like that combination. Yeah, I, I do think too. They're, I would almost maybe put them. Maybe a little higher on the list. But yeah. I think they're selling Dak Prescott a little short. Yeah. Yeah. This one, number 12, the Colts, Phillip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton. I just think Phillip Rivers is, he's, well, we he's can have, kind of like Eli to me at this point. Yeah. We could talk about aging quarterbacks, right? And where the drop-offs come. I mean, that could be a whole other conversation. Yep. Yeah. When you know, do you let go? Well, right. Sure. And, and how big of a drop-off, how fast, everybody's different. You know, yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm not really super high on Tom Brady this year. So, yep. yeah, that's just like a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Then you got number 13, your Buffalo Bills with, with Allen and Diggs. 14, Roethlisberger and Schuster. And then uh, 15, Matt Stafford and Galladay. Now, we are talking about this earlier, Jeff. I, I would 100% right now take Detroit from 15 and move them right up with the Cardinals number seven and switch that up. Sure. Just based on the work that, I mean, Stafford just by himself has been in the league, and, and he's thrown for a bunch of yards. And they've I, played together for a while now. I know yeah. Stafford was hurt. Right. But but the, it's not brand new for these guys either. I'm just not, I don't know. I mean, I think Kyler Murray can be a talented quarterback, but I just don't know if I put him at seven. Again, like how is the league going to deal with him this year? You know? I think we talked about the Bills were able to kind of show teams how to maybe combat uh, Lamar Jackson's best traits. Yeah. You know, because the Bills played them tough. I think they lost by a touchdown or whatever. So yep. they played them tough. And then you saw other teams kind of taking on what the Bills were attempting to do when they played them. And, and all of a sudden the world got really difficult for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Now what about him? Like he's been to the playoffs twice and lost twice. So. Right. You know, we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, yeah. Now, when we're looking at this list, uh, I took and interchanged Detroit with the Cardinals. Wh- who are you interchanging? Where do you, where do you think once the year starts going on? Uh, where do you think there's going to be some 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 differences? Some movement. Here? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would probably again. And Jason pointed out some of the interchangeable numbers that that are in play. Um, I'm with you. I think Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams make. Uh, a very difficult combo. I, I would be willing to move them forward. Yeah. I think probably past Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Um, depends on the rest of the team and the support they get. Right. Um, that being said, who knows where Ben Roethlisberger is going to be? He, you know, he missed almost an entire season. Is he going to be, is he going to be fresh or is he going to be rusty? Yeah. You know, it ain't like we got a lot of preseason games to get, to get better at so right he if he's old ben you know i mean i think the year before he got injured he actually had a really good season he did yep so i could see moving them forward and again you know my opinion of the bills i think offensively um the guys that aren't mentioned here uh, john brown cole beasley dawson knox devin singletary zach moss these are the guys that are going to help josh allen and stefan diggs both raise their numbers. 
Look at look at every quarterback on this list, Jeff. Oh, their scores. Everybody, everybody's you know you got nineties, eighties, nineties, and then then you got two guys on this list that you got Kyler Murray seventy seven, and then you got good old Josh Allen seventy seven. Right. So I mean, it, in my opinion, yeah, I take Bills from the thirteenth spot, and at the end of this year. You know, I'm moving them into the top ten easy. I'm think, sure. I'm thinking I'm I'm replacing them at number six with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was thinking similar. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking top ten for sure. I mean, it's just I I'm don't not know. high on Arizona, man. I don't I don't know what it is. You know, yeah. maybe it's me, but I just I'm hearing a lot. I'm actually hearing both sides. Like a lot of people think they're going to be great. It's like the Raiders, right? Like. Some people are thinking they're going to be great. Some people are going to, you know, think they're going to be bad. Yeah. I And then I'm thinking maybe Pittsburgh. They might fall out of that fifth, top 15. I think if Ben Roethlisberger is not completely recovered and in shape, ready to play. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Certainly yeah. if Duck Hodges comes in, they're definitely out of the top 15. Yeah. Now, I mean... I don't know how they're ranking these guys. Um, I mean, you might have you you look at PFF a lot. Yeah, I've, yeah. You probably understand like what. So these, uh, for instance, they're giving Josh a seventy-seven, right? Right. Now, what what is that ranking based on? Do you know? Um, they they look at everything. You know, they they rate him for passing. Obviously, he gets really low grades. Um, but I mean, I I don't I haven't really broken down their stats. But if you just look at them on the surface. There's like passing, receiving, rushing, and I don't know how they rate quarterbacks in each one of those categories, but there's several categories. Completion percentage? Um, I don't know if they specifically look at that. I think that's part of that passing. Okay. Great. You know, right. like each each division has um, grades based on, like you're saying, completion percentage. Um, but, I mean, the analytics get pretty deep. Sure. You know, they, sure, yeah. they look at um, statistics for – third down and uh under pressure and things like you that know, yeah, yeah. Uh, they go farther than i really care to you know i think we've had basic conversation about what my thoughts are when it comes to analytics yeah they're, they're useful to a point but i don't think they're great at predicting future outcomes and um i really don't think they're they're much better than just uh, a miles per gallon type of a measure, in my opinion. Again, sure, you know, there's plenty of people who rely heavily on analytics too. So, yeah, I'm not saying I've got this shit figured out. I'm just saying that, in my opinion, uh, watching Josh Allen play tells me more than you know his completion percentage on fourth and from four yards to six yards, you know, I, I, yeah. whatever. It's but, almost like who gives a shit, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that ought to be its own little division. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> who gives I know. a shit? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I look at Josh Allen. If the guy's got heart, the guy works his butt off, and the guy's continuously improving. I mean, we've looked at his statistics from 2018 to 2019, and he can he made his completion percentage go up, what, eight points, was it? From yeah, like 52 to that. 60 or yeah. 59, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, 58.8 or something. So, it's up there. I mean, that's I mean, a big jump. I don't care who you are. Right. You know, and yeah, maybe we're not going to get the most accurate Drew Brees type passer out there. Sure. But, you know, I 
I tell you what, man, I wouldn't want any other type of quarterback right now than Josh. I mean, when the my opinion, when the Bills drafted Josh, they didn't draft Josh knowing like, hey, we're going to get a quarterback that's going to be a 68 to 70 you right. know, completion right. percentage guy. We're going to get a guy that's going to come in and he's going to make four or five plays during an NFL game that no other quarterback is going to make. Right. That no other guy is going to be able to do. Yeah, and, I agree. And this guy is going to be able to make these plays. And, and that, most of the time, it's going to be when the when it matters. Exactly. And you that's, know, it's the fourth quarter. Right. You know, or third down. Yeah. Or fourth down. Because he's the type of quarterback, you know, and I know you agree with this. I know I'm sure Jason agrees with this, that he, he can do things that pretty much no other quarterback can do. Right. Yeah, I you agree. Know? And that's, I think, what McDermott and Bean looked at. Sure. You know, because they could have got Rosen. They could have got this guy that was pinpoint accurate and, you know. Right. Could place the ball anywhere he wanted, and this and that. But yeah, did did, did what what did he uh, what did he do? You know, during a game that showed you, man, this guy's got grit. This guy, right. this guy wants he he doesn't care if so, you know someone's gonna bust his head. He's gonna get right back up. Yeah, well, you know? and nobody's ever ranked Josh Allen on how tall a defender he can leap. Right. I mean, I I think he's probably first in the league and leaping guys that are six foot five. Uh, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But no, nobody measures that one. Like, right? He gets a hundred yeah. for for leaping guys that are over six foot. <laughs> no, I think Rosen you know I mean? could probably leap a guy that's six five. But I'm, it's probably going to be more like someone's going to hit him at the knees and he'll flip <laughs> over him. Yeah, right. You know right, what I mean? Right. <laughs> Which yeah. is what I was very afraid was going to happen to Josh Allen when he did it. Yeah. I yeah. I thought that was a neck breaker, man. That was rough. Oh yeah, man, that was crazy when I was watching that. Right. Guy. Holy cow! I I literally jumped out of my seat. And Me too. And screamed, holy. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and you look at Aaron Rodgers, right? I'm mean, like, he's one of them guys that has this will to win. Yeah. He's out there playing with injuries and shit that most guys shouldn't be playing through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And I think Josh Allen has that. He's got that will to succeed. For you sure. Know, and yeah. what it takes. Do what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that, that I saw with this kid. And not, you know the funny thing is, is you and I, um, we watch the draft very closely, right? And I'm a big, big college football guy. I love college football. You know, if and again that that saddens me right now that we will not have any uh, Big Ten football. Yeah, you know, right. I can't watch right. Michigan play. But I didn't know a lot about Josh, man. I really didn't. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, who watches Wyoming? Right. Right. Who goes out of the way to watch Wyoming? Yeah. And I had no clue. Anything about this kid until the day I saw uh, when um, he was throwing live on uh, NFL Network. Right. And uh, uh, Mike, uh, the guy, he's the uh, GM now for for the Raiders. He was oh, the big, yeah. The big uh, Jack yeah, Guru, I know you're you know what I'm talking about. about? Yep, yep. He, he was talking about him, and he was like, he was like, watch this kid throw the ball. He goes, I haven't. Is that McShay or something like that? Like. Similar to that. Yeah, something like that. It was either him or no, you know who it was is uh, Rich Eisen. Oh okay, so yeah, Rich, Eisen, Rich Eisen, he goes, I've he goes, I've been I've been covering the draft for X amount of years, right? And he goes, I've never seen a kid his back foot drops and hits the four yard line and the ball hits the the other side of the field and it and it lands like on the sixteen or something like that. Right. Like how many yeah. guys are doing that? And I'm like I'm like, holy cow, man. Like, this guy's arm is ridiculous. Dude, did you see when he tried to throw it out of the stadium? I think he actually thought he could. Yeah. Yeah, I really think he thinks he could <laughs> throw it out. Yeah. I, 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 I'd take that I'd take that bet with him. Yeah. I I bet you he'd be able to 
launched at the United Stadium. I'll tell you what, man. So we're kind of kind of approaching, I think, our time limit here. Sure. Um, but I did want to ask one question. You know, we've talked a lot about the positivity and everything that's happening. What do you think Josh Allen needs to do to improve the one thing that really he's struggling with, which is his consistency? So you're talking like completion percentage or? Yeah, just, um, you know. Decision making? Basically, Cole Beasley was basically saying that, uh, you know, that's the one thing he thinks the team needs to work on all around is just consistency in their performance. Right. Right. That's a fair argument, Agreed. I think. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Jeff. What do you think? Well, I think he's I think he's making strides. I think he is um worked a lot on um I think the team kind of brought him in, reined him in with those short passes. And it's all about he spent his entire life trying to win the game, right? Like that's been his goal. Whatever it takes, I'm gonna win the game. So he had to learn how to take what was given him. You know what I mean? And I think that's an ongoing thing. I think that's something that he's probably going to deal with more this year. And I think that that breeds consistency, right? Like um, learn when to to throw the ball away, <clears throat> eat the ball, um, live to fight another day. Don't Don't throw the risky pass. Even though you think you have to, you don't have to. You know what I mean? And, um, I think the rest of it will come. I really do. And like you said, he may not be a precision passer ever, but there's always going to be those plays where he's throwing off his back foot and he's throwing a rocket, you know, 15 or 20 yards down the field and getting a first down when through a needle. Like guys that could work their entire lives never get there. Right. His natural ability will overcome most of those circumstances where Sure, it would be great if he was a 65% completion guy. Great. And maybe one day he'll get really close or maybe he'll be there. I don't know. But yeah, I think I think maturity and I think willing to accept what the defense is willing to give up. You know, I heard him say something to the effect of one of the conversations he had with Peyton Manning or somebody was uh pre-snap taking away all the things that the defense won't let you do. Ignore all the things that they they won't allow you to do, something to that effect. You know, so you can focus on okay, what what are they what are they giving me sure. right now? Yeah. In this particular you know circumstance. Yeah. What's going to be available to me? So eliminate before the ball's even snapped some of the progressions that you would have to normally go through and just focus on the few that you know you've got. Right. And for me, um, what I look at is I I look at it as the kind of a personal experience, I guess. I, I've played football from when I was, you know, eight years old in Pee all the way up through my senior year in high school. Sure. And I understand the you know, when you play the sport, the competitiveness and the drive and, and just the the soul that you put into the game and and everything that it takes. And sometimes you just you know, you can't you can't lose that that drive, that want during the game. But the thing for him to get smarter is the older you get, the the more you learn about football, you 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 have to learn kind of to draw those emotions back. Sure. And, and to be smart and and how you're approaching the game or how you're playing within the game. And for Josh, I think going into year three, that he'll be able to rein back some of that that just un that drive that he just right. wants, like you said, he just, he wants to do whatever it takes to win, but to be smarter about it. Right. And to be able to, to hone in 
what he can do with the plays, what he can do with reading defenses, and and become that legit guy that can read a defense and make the calls at the line and and just move the ball and you know he's got to protect the ball better this year. Yeah. So just all in all, I think um, just maturity, like you said, um, and that's that's one and of the decision making. Things. And I yeah. think I think you're going to see that a lot more. You know, right. and, and again, Stephon Diggs is one more outlet that um, a safety valve. Yeah, you know I mean, like yeah. that safety blanket, so to speak, where yep. you've always got this option if everything else breaks down and fails. Absolutely. You know, because yep. Stephon Diggs, I, I don't remember again the stats, but he had one of the best contested catch rates in the in the NFL last year. You know, he's definitely top few in the league. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe you can throw the ball up there, and and not the greatest of situations. But if you have to make that call, throw it to Stephon Diggs. Yeah. You know, throw it over his head. Let him go get it. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, and that's one thing Pat Mahomes said is uh, he's like, you know, my first two years, I didn't know how to read a defense. You right. Know, I just, I just, I just reacted. You know. I, right. I use my ability, use my arm, and I think that's a lot of the case with with Josh. We we discussed all the time. You know, he hasn't played a lot of football in reality. Right. You know, and at, now he's at the highest level. Now he's in year three. If the kid can read defenses and, and the kid can make smart plays based off of reads and what the defense is giving yeah. him and what he needs to do. Well, yeah. I mean, he, 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 can, do some, he can do some damage for sure. sure. And you, you talk about Patrick Mahomes. That's a great example of a really talented goal, uh, quarterback going to a really good team. Yeah. That team was pretty stacked when he got there. There was no rebuild. There was no tearing down and putting back together. I mean, that Andy Reid was there. That that team was was ready for a really good quarterback. Yeah. You know? I mean, Absolutely. Alex Smith had success there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he, he was very fortunate. Absolutely. And I think Josh Allen may finally be to the, a team that was similar to what Patrick Mahomes stepped into in his rookie year. Yeah, good point. second year since he sat the first year. Well said. Good point, Jeff. All right. Yeah, well, I think that uh, that's probably going to wrap up our episode yeah. one here. Um, we touched on pretty much everything we wanted to. Um, so, again, we'll just say that, uh, you know, we're happy to be doing what we love here, talking about Buffalo sports and the Bills. And uh, we'll probably leave it off with what I think is going to be the mantra of this podcast, which is uh, a quote. And I'll let Jake handle it this time because I think it was his idea that we do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, with Marley yeah, yeah. In the words of the great Mario Levy, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Uh, we appreciate anyone who's listening, probably all four of you. Uh, and we, uh, <laughs> we look forward to doing more and seeing you next week. Uh, thanks, everybody.